that I get, the more that I realize that I am just a dumb version of what I will look back on uh, in the future. Do you experience this? Have you ever thought like, you know, have you ever said this to yourself? Have you ever said, if I had known then, what I know now, things would be totally different. Right? So what I realized is that the older I get, I remember when I was like 15, I looked back on my 10 year old self and cringed. Right? Do you do that? Right? And then when I was like 30, I looked back on my 20 year old self and cringed. Right? Right? And now I'm in like my 40s and I'm looking back on my 30 year old self and I go, oh, I cringe. But you know what I realize? When I'm 50, I'm going to look back on myself and cringe because the things that I'm doing now are like nuts, right? Yeah, it's, it's wild. The older we get, the more experience we get, the more we learn, the more we see, oh wait, there are certain things we could have done better. But you know, that doesn't just happen with our experiences. That happens in, in areas of life that are very, very vital. Relationships. Have you ever looked back and said, what was I thinking with that guy? Right? Like that dude did not have money or good looks or anything that I can think of. Yeah. We look back. We do. We look back and we realize that, um, that maybe that wasn't the best thing for us. Well, you know, we've been in a series called The Game Plan. Because if our tomorrow is going to look better than our yesterdays, we better plan for it. And so what, what's happened so far in the series, just to catch you up, is in the first week, Pastor Raymond came up and said, we simply need a plan. We need a plan. We need to, if, we're, if our futures are going to look better than our past, we're going to need to plan for it. And then last week, Pastor Gus came, and he said that one of the things that we're going to have to do, not only do we need a plan, but we need to replace the present coach that is running our lives. New York, we know about that, right? Because we just had a coach. Like, um, he just resigned, didn't he? Yeah. And yeah, I'm sure he got a little nudge about that, right? It's like, hey, maybe your time is up here. Well, but he resigned. And, and, and we need to look deeply into our own souls and say, you know, who's calling the shots here? Is it God or me? Because last week we learned that God needs to be the one who's coaching, running the plays, running the, the, the storyline of our lives. And, and this week we want to look at a really important um, subject. And before I do, let me tell you a football story, which is goofy because I know nothing about football. Like nothing, nothing. Now I'm telling you, my mother who doesn't even speak English, knows more about football than I do, right? Like, I know that there's, like, I saw Gus, Gus with this thing in his head, and I was like, what's that? Last week, I was like, oh, it's a football. Oh, okay. So, so you'll like this. Um, Chad Johnson. Has anybody here ever heard of Chad Johnson? Sure. He played for the Cincinnati Bengals um, for about 10 years, he was drafted into the NFL in 2001 as a second round draft pick. Um, after 10 years of playing with the Bengals, he got recruited to play on one of the most storied and successful football teams in all of that, uh, in all of football history. The New England Patriots. Right, right, yeah, I know, I know, right. Okay. They are a very successful team. Okay. I forget where I'm at. Okay. 
But now, what was interesting about Chad Johnson, by the way, he changed his name. <laughs> I'm not even making this up. I am not making this up. He changed his last name to Ocho Cinco. Because Ocho means eight, Cinco means five, and his number on his jersey was 85. Ladies, don't you want to marry that guy, right? It's like, yeah, I want a guy who's totally self-absorbed. Okay, so, um, so Chad Johnson, to change his name to Chad Ochocinco, um, got onto this, what you would imagine would be a dream opportunity with a dream team, right? Uh, uh, a quarterback who's going to make the Hall of Fame. Uh, you know, it's just amazing, amazing team. Well, here's what happened. This unbelievably talented person, this gifted guy, this guy who was first in all um, his life, got to the team and only played for one year. And when he did play, it was scattered throughout. He didn't make a whole lot of plays. They didn't put him on the team for very long. Well, you go, what was the reason? Was it because he had uh, uh, contention with the coaches? No, that wasn't it. Was it because he had difficulty with the team? No, it wasn't it. Did he get injured? Was it because he got injured and he couldn't fulfill his obligations uh, uh, for his, the part that he played on the team? No, that wasn't it either. He never learned their playbook. And because he never learned their playbook, he was not effective with the direction that they were going with the team. Now, this is really, really important because I think it has application when we think about this. We are on God's team. And he's coaching and leading. And, he, and God's not only the coach, he owns the team, right? He's like, he's an all in all. And God would like to use each one of us. Haven't you ever had a moment where you said, there must be more to life? There must be something more. And God is like, yes, there is. There's so much more. And yet, some of us are not experiencing that kind of life. Why? Could it be because we simply don't know the plagues? We are not familiar with the playbook and therefore have put ourselves in a position to be benched. I believe in this room right now, there are MVPs just waiting to be unleashed. I believe right now, there are Heisman Trophy winners, potential Heisman Trophy, potential Hall of Famers, potential guys who are exceptional. I believe in this room, that the people who are sitting in your seat are a perfect 10 at something. And yet you're sidelined. You're not living life to the full. You're not experiencing the deep and profound joys that can be found in life because you've never taken the time to learn the playbook. What is a playbook in sports? I've been asking myself that question because, again, I don't know much about sports. And evidently, a playbook is a place where the plans and the strategies for the game ahead are all laid out for the team that's, being, that's playing in that game. That's what a playbook is. It gives instruction and direction. It gives encouragement as to what to do, when to do it. In every moment on that playing field, there is a play in that playbook to answer the difficulty, the struggle, 
the 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 opponents attacks there are absolute everything you need to know is found in that playbook and when players don't avail themselves to the playbook what they discover is that they work contrary to their team and eventually they get put on the bench well, my desire is that every one of us would be Hall of Fame potential players on God's team. That we would be in the Hall of Faith. That we would move forward and use our giftings for God's glory and our joy. And today we're going to learn about how to find that playbook. Where to find it, how to learn from it, and how to apply it in our lives. Now, we've worked really hard on this message in order to make this as easy a transition for you as possible. But we don't want you... Listen, if this is the one life that you get, we don't want you to mess it up. If this is the one life you get, we don't want you to look back when you're 50 and look back on your 40s and go, you missed it. We don't want you to look back on your 80s and look back at the rest of your life and go, you missed it. So this is a really important message for you. You know why? Because your, your present happiness depends on it. And your future, whether you look back with rejoicing or regret, it depends on it. And I don't know about you, but I've had just about enough regret in my life to last me a lifetime. I don't want any more. And so you really want to listen to this message because your future depends on it. Your relationships depend on it. You know, your marriage depends on it. I mean, are you just going to eek on by and just kind of grit your teeth and say, yeah, I'm going to get married and we're not going to get the war. Or do you want there to be great romance and great joy and great celebration? I bet, I bet, looking at you, I bet you're the type of people who want the very best for your future. Well, if, we're gonna, if that's going to happen, we're going to have to get into God's playbook. And there's no secret. God's playbook is His Word. And here it is, folks. This is the big idea. Right now, you can leave after this sentence. Okay? The next sentence that I'm going to tell you is the most important sentence. This is the lesson that we're learning today. Because when it comes to God's playbook, you can either spend time reading or waste time regretting. That's the bottom line. That when it comes to God's Word, you can either spend time Finding out what God says or waste time looking back going, I wish I'd have known that. I wish I could have applied it. I wish I would have known. I, if only I knew then. So I want you to listen up. God knows that we will all need His playbook. And over and over and over again, He says, get into my playbook. You're running the wrong play. I got, I, hey, listen, listen, I'm about to call an audible and you need to, you need to flex yourself. You need to position yourself. God is preparing us. He says, get into my playbook over and over and over again because he knows that when you and I go through life with our own instructions or with the instructions that this world gives, we make terrible decisions that we regret deeply. Now, over and over, this is found in the Bible, but we're going to look at just one illustration 
of this, of God telling somebody, hey, listen, you got a big future ahead. You're going to be a future Heisman Trophy winner. You're going to wind up in the, in the Hall of Faith. We're gonna, you're going to make it to the big time. People are going to be talking about you and what I did through you for thousands of years. Man, you know, there's this place. You know, you know God is going to tell this guy, is telling this guy, hey, there's a place. Right. And, and um, you never even heard of it because it's not been invented yet. It's called Brooklyn. They're going to be talking about you thousands of years after you die because of the playbook that you're going to learn and the plays that you're going to follow and the success that you're going to reap. Well, now God is going to tell us and who knows if a thousand years from now people don't know your name because you follow God's playbook. Don't you want that for yourself? I want that for you. I do. So let's look. It's found, our, our hero is found in the book of Joshua. In the book of Joshua, uh, Joshua, I don't know if you, has anybody here ever heard of Joshua, Moses, Joshua, right? Okay, so there's a few of us, so let me give you a little bit of background story. Um, Joshua is, is Moses' protege. Right? He's the one who's going to follow Moses' leadership, right? But before he was following, he was Moses' assistant. Moses was this incredible leader, top five greatest leaders of all time. Um, amazing, amazing individual. You might have heard of him. Led the Jewish people out of Egypt. Let my people go. Perhaps you saw the movie, right? Okay. So that's Moses. So he gets them out of there. He's an incredible leader, but his time has come. He's going to die. God tells Moses, hey, listen, I want Joshua to be the dude. So, um, and that's like a loose translation of uh, what God actually said. That was in the Hebrew. And so, so God says, I want, Mo I want Joshua to be the dude. Joshua, listen to this. Could you imagine this? How's about that? How's about following Moses? Like you think, right? Like, you know, the, the person who had your job before you did a good job and you're like, oh, I'm a little nervous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Follow Moses, right? That would be like me, like, uh, you know, going, taking my guitar and like, you know, following Bruce Springsteen and go, yeah, I'm going to close this concert out. Da -da -da. Like, that's crazy. It's madness, right? Or being a rapper and saying like after Jay-Z finished rapping, going, yeah, I'm totally in. Give me the mic. Give me the mic. I'm ready. That's crazy, right? Well, he has to follow that guy. He has to follow that guy. And so he's noticeably nervous. He's obviously uncomfortable. He's definitely unsure of how things are going to go. Because you and me, all we have to do is take 30 minutes to find out. Just take the time to read the book. He was in it. He was living it. And he did not know how things were going to end. The nervousness, the tension. Would the people follow him? What, would they compare him to Moses? How would he be able to relate? Could he pull off this incredible work of God that even Moses couldn't do? So we see him in Joshua chapter 1. And we're just going to look at two verses. Well, three really. Seven, eight, and nine. And we're going to see God's word in instructing Joshua what to do when God has a big plan for you and he doesn't want you to spend he doesn't want you to waste time regretting but in fact wants you to spend time reading so that you could avoid those regrets you with me yes. this is going to be exciting now it's our tradition to stand at the reading of God's word would you stand with me all right excellent this is more exercise than some of you have gotten all year all right good stuff okay so 
Let's read. Joshua chapter 1, verses 7 and 8. Let's read it together. On the count of three. One, two, three. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the law of my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left, that you may be successful wherever you go. Keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. Have I Joshua finds himself, God speaks to him, and this is the first thing he says. Be strong and courageous. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left, that you may be successful wherever you go. Why does God strike here? Let me tell you why. Because when tragedy strikes, when difficulties come, when stress happens, our proclivity is to invent our own plays. This is, I've seen this over and over, okay? So let's, let's go through the spectrum, right? So here's, here's, here's so-and-so. So-and-so is finding a real problem with their finances. And they go, they're, they're receiving bills and the, and, and, the, and the bills are piling up and the debt is really piling up and the money is leaving. So so-and-so says, I know, they get nervous, they get tense, they go, oh, I know what I'm going to do. And they invent their own plan. Something that God has nothing to do with. They go, I will get more credit. And then pay off all these bills. And then just have to work. You know what they call that, right? Financial suicide. It's nowhere found in God's word. Nowhere. But that's what so-and-so does. And do you know what another person does? Another person, let's call her Susie. Susie, she's getting older. And she's no spring chicken anymore. And so what happens is, Mr. Wright now comes over. And so Mr. Wright now is in front of her. And he goes, wow, she's not that good looking. His breath is bad. His mother dresses him funny. He has no money. He doesn't have any hopes or dreams. Doesn't love Jesus. But I'll take him because there's nobody else. And she makes a painful mistake that she regrets for the rest of her life. You know why? She invented every one of us. You and me. Every one of us. Find ourselves in the position to reinvent the plays, to to get our to get our positioning, to get our plays from a different playbook. Here's Johnny. Johnny just broke up with his girlfriend, so he's playing like you know because he's in my generation. He's playing old Luther and albums, right? Luther Vandross, anybody down? Luther, right? It's Jefferson Airplane, right? That's cool, that's cool. I don't know who the guy is now, right? But alright. So, 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 
he's going through that, and you know what? A friend comes over and says, Johnny, you know what you gotta do, man. You fall off a horse, what do you gotta do? You just gotta get back on that sucker. And so here's what I want you to do. I, I, I want you to come with me to the most to the most fantastic place to find a potential wife. The club. <laughs> come to the club, Johnny. And you know what Johnny does? He takes a he takes a he's confused, he's hurt, he's wounded, he doesn't know how to those that wait he didn't hear God's play, but they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. Yes. They shall fly on wings of eagles, they shall run and not be weary, they shall walk and not faint. He never looked into the playbook to get that play. He said, no, no, I've got to do it now. I've got to do it now. So God knows that when all of us get into those situations, when the stress is high, when the heart is broken, when the difficulties come, we're tempted to look at another playbook, take another play, and act on it in contra to what God would have for us. God said, don't do it. Be strong and courageous. Don't fall to that temptation. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses is giving you. Don't turn from it to the right or to the left. Why? That you may be successful. Because God wants you to be. God wants you not successful in the goofy kind of, you know, walk around with $10,000 shoes and throw away, you know, just like, you know, not, not that, that kind of silly successful, but successful where you might have $10,000 shoes, but your joy doesn't come from your shoes. It comes from your relationship with Christ. So I, guess, I, I want you to be successful, not in anything that you dream up, but you'll be successful in what I call you to do. Huge. People take this text out of context. God is not saying you'll be successful at whatever you want to do, whatever pops into your head. God is saying you'll be successful at whatever I call you to do, which is, by the way, a world of difference. So then he goes on. He goes, keep, because he's not sure that Joshua has the point. He goes, keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night. Listen to me. Why does God tell him that? He's going, to tell, he's going to tell us why right now. So that. Here it is. So that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Why does God want him to do everything written in it? Because God knows that you and I are going to have moments in life where we get afraid, our heart is broken, where we don't know where to turn, where we feel confused, we feel spun around. And God knows that we're going to be tempted to take somebody else's playbook, play somebody else's play, and reap somebody else's negative consequences. God knows that. So he says, listen, Joshua, you'll either spend time reading or waste time regretting. You'll either find yourself in my word or find yourself in a heap of hurt. And God goes, I love you. I don't want that for you. Why? I, listen, you're my kid. I made you. Why would I want that for your future? God says, no. Not at all. I want something better for you. I do. Do you know that God wants better for you than you want better for you? That's a fact. And he goes, I don't want you to waste Time regretting. I want you to spend time reading, absorbing, and doing the playbook that I have for you. 
Then you will be prosperous and successful. And again, going back to, you'll be prosperous and successful doing what God wants you to do. Now, this is an important message because some of you are going to have to cancel the wedding day. <laughs> You're going to. Because you realize now, oh my goodness, I've been in my own place. Some of you guys are going to have to delete the phone number. Some of you guys, some of you guys, you're going to have to unplug the cable or, or, or the internet. You're just going to have to do all of your internet stuff at a public library so you can remain safe. Because you're not running God's playbook. You're not running God's playbook. You see, this is, this is, this is all fun and games when it's like abstract. Oh yeah, playbook, Susie, Johnny. But when we start talking about some of the stuff that we need to do, right. and it gets a little bit uncomfortable. Right. Listen, I'm, I'm lucky. You think you're uncomfortable? I'm speaking this stuff. So um, I'm trying to understand. But here's the thing. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. You don't have the power to do it. You never did. You never did. I'll go up here and I'll say, read the, you know, read the Bible, read the playbook. You, know, you won't do it. You know why? Because we don't have the strength for it. But here, listen to me. There is one who not only knew the playbook, he was the playbook. And he came from heaven to earth and he lived the life that you should have lived and died the death that you deserve to die for the purpose that he might live in you by the Holy Spirit so that He can strengthen you, encourage you, and empower you to do whatever God wants you to do. Even read God's playbook. Even do God's will. He's going to empower you. So I don't want you to leave here and go, oh, i got to try harder. i got to do better. i got to work harder. I don't want you to do any of that. I want you to go, Jesus, here's the truth about me. I don't care about your playbook. i got some plays of my own that I'd rather run, thank you very much. And I think I'm doing just fine. I want you to tell him that. I want you to confess that to him. And then ask him, would you change my mind about that? Would you get me into your playbook? Would you open my heart to see and to know and to do what you have for me? And I love this, verse 9, he says this. Have I not commanded you? In other words, consider the source, right? Consider the source. Like, when, when God says, have I not commanded you? He's making an obvious point. Dude, it's God speaking. It's me, right? Like, if my, if my kids ever hear anything come out of, I go, you know, that they, they, they think is a little bit tough to take, I go, look at who's talking to you. I was talking to a, to a minister yesterday, and he's got a tough road, and I, and, I, and I gave him some really hard, hard suggestions. And I said, consider who's talking to you. And, and he knew that. He knew that I loved him. He knew that I wanted his good. I said, this is not your naysayers. This is not your, you know, this is not your critical club. This is your biggest fan. And I had to tell him some hard things. God is going to tell you some hard things. But he's not expecting you to do it on your own. You and I, right? So let's go back to so-and-so, right? So, so-and-so has the bills piling up. And then they read in the playbook, God will provide all of your needs according to the glorious riches in Christ Jesus. 
And we know that that means far, far more than any material thing. He'll provide peace. Even in the midst of the storm. Even when they're taking the, when they're repossessing the car. Even if you have to stay in a shelter. God gives peace. Today is your opportunity to not only know that God has a playbook for your life. And you've heard this before, right? Have you ever heard anybody say, you know, I wish life came with an instruction manual. God is like, oh, good night. Come on. Come on. So, I want you to do it. And you can do it. You can do it. Don't, don't waste your time regretting. Beloved family, don't waste your time regretting. Spend your time reading and applying. So you go, but wait, I don't know where to start in God's Word. Aha! I'm giving you, listen to me, listen to me. In your hand, everybody here received a New Testament. Would you, when you walked in, this is our gift to you. Would you, would you raise it up for me if you have it? Okay, would you raise it up? If you didn't get it, we're going to give it. Now watch this. What's interesting about this New Testament is that it reads like an... It's exactly the words of the Bible. It's, we're not taking or adding anything away. The Bible has real strict instructions about that. But what it does is it, it, it doesn't have the Bible like Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, like that. What it does is it takes the Bible in a way that's more like a novel. So it gives you instruction uh, in the Bible. So it goes from Luke and then it goes to Acts because... There are certain things that happen in Luke or in Matthew that they both jive together. They happen at the same time and they give more insight. So the, what, what this book do, doing is it making it like a, a story arc so that you can understand the arc that's happening. Is that helpful to you, you think? Okay. So that's so here's what you can do. It's this simple. Guys, go to Jesus and say, Jesus... My whole life has been avoiding your playbook and not running your plays. Or you can say, I didn't even know you had a playbook. I, I, I didn't know. I'm, I'm going to open it up. I want, I, want, I, want, I want your plays. I want your playbook. Okay. Okay. Secondly, some of you, that's going to be real helpful. That's going to be great. And, and again, we're not doing this on our own. We're asking Jesus, who is the Word, to give, stir up our affections for Him in His Word. Okay, so because we have such a, a, you know, we have people who are here who are really grounded in Jesus, who love Jesus with all their hearts, and like have, are, are sold out. And it's a phrase that we use, sold out means, like are totally committed to Jesus. And then we have people who want nothing to do with Jesus and only come because a relative invites them to and demands them to, whatever. And so I said, okay, for all of you who are either of those poles or even in the middle somewhere, we've got, I think we have three, three reading plans. So one is a 31-day reading plan. If you open it, in, in the very Bible that we gave you is this reading plan. And you open it up, and it's 31 days. And listen to me, do it in 62 days. Do it in 93, uh, 93 days. I don't care. I just care that you committed to just getting more of God's Word in you. 31 might be too ambitious. Cool beans. Do one a week. I don't care. I just want you to get into God's Word. And I think one, once a week is, you know, you can maybe ask God to elevate that as you go along. Yes? Yeah. Is that okay? The second one is uh, 
a 90-day challenge. Now, those are for you, those of you who are like, hey, I'm into this, but I want to get a gist. You, you can't read the Bible cover to cover in 90 days, but I want to get a general gist. Let me get the basic theme of the Bible. That's our 90-day challenge. And you can do that in 90 days, or you can do it in 180 days. But that's for you. And then thirdly, we have a daily Bible reading plan. And this one, this one should take you a year, I think, right? And, um, or at least get you to Psalms, right? Which is like six months, right? We have about six months here for you. And so you can read for six months. It's an approximate Bible reading plan. Now, all of this we got on Zondervan's website. Zondervan is a Christian publisher who, by the way, provided these uh, New Testaments to Brooklyn Tabernacle. Brooklyn Tabernacle, because they love us, gave these books to us so we didn't have to pay for them so that you could have them in your hands so that we might be able to get into God's playbook. So listen to me. What are you going to do? What are you going to do? Keep on going the best way you can. Do the best you know how. Let me, let me tell you. True story. What I'm about to tell you is tragic and true. One of the greatest regrets that I've ever seen in ministry. Guy comes in from a Muslim background, comes to Christ. No one in this church. I mean, we have people from a Muslim background here, but this is, I'm not talking about you. Muslim background comes to the church. Girl comes in at about the same time. They both fall in love with Jesus, both become committed completely. They find themselves having feelings for each other because they immediately sign up to go to a seminary because they want to know more about God, more about God. They, they ignored the part, by the way, everything that I just said right now is beautiful and good. That's wonderful. You find that we've got people here who met here and got married here. We love that. We think that that's the best. But... They forgot to read the part, or they ignored the playbook. Hey, 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 hey. Don't, don't physically get committed to one another because it skewers your emotions and your thinking, and it, it messes it up. Don't do it. Don't do it. Oh, pastor, literally. Oh, pastor, you're just old-fashioned. You don't know what you're talking about. He said, said okay saw it was getting serious and they weren't taking anybody's suggestion. Confronted them. Had a confrontation with them. I said, listen, Ray was with me. Ray won't remember this. Ray used very strong language to, um, to try to convince, beg these people. And I, with tears, I said, please, please, please. And I remember saying this phrase. It was the first time I had ever said it. I said, this does not end well doesn't end well. So, and listen to me, what I'm about to tell you, as soon as I say it, you'll say to yourself, that won't happen to me. Because we all know that you are the exception. We all know that the rule is always broken for you. You do not have to. Ten years later, they left the church. They left any accountability. They went and did their own thing. She lost a few teeth. He went to jail, still there. And just look back on that and weep sometimes. 
That did not have to happen. That did not have to be true. God had a game plan for them. Could have used them in a mighty way as pastors of a church, loving Jesus, seeing others saved. And, not... and, and I'm trying to convince you that that's not far from where you're at. Please, run to Jesus. Ask for mercy. Humble yourselves before the Lord and say, God, here's the truth about me. I've been running on another playbook, playing somebody else's plays, and I've been wasting my time regretting. But Lord, I want to spend my time reading them. It's a new year. New opportunities, new possibilities. Make yourself available to that. Will you do it? Yeah? I believe you will. I believe you will. We'll do it together. And we won't do it in our own strength. You know who will do it? Jesus will do it in us. Because Jesus, who was the Word, lived the life for us, then He'll do it through us. Would you? Yes.